0: This is the King and Badger Show as part of the Monmouth Digital Network. And now, here are your hosts, Coach King Rice and Gary the Badger Koal. Woo woo! Woo woo! The ones that hate me the most look just like me. You tell me what that means, make a slick comment and see what that brings. I've seen it go down, we can reenact things. Extreme like BMX thing.
1: Excited to be back here on another edition of the King and Badger Podcast.
0: Let's Wrapping go. up.
1: The 2021-22 season with Coach Rice. Coach fired up today, as he usually is when we record podcasts. Coach, good to see that energy out of you this
0: afternoon. Let's go. We're ready, Badge. We're ready, Badge. NCAA tournament going on. Things been wild since the last time you saw us. A lot, a lot of fun things going on for New Jersey, for St. Peter's. And uh, just happy that we're doing another podcast, Me Badger. Me
1: too. Pumped up. Pumped up to be back on here coach uh great to be back on here with you like you said it's been an exciting uh time been a lot going on since since we last did a uh, an episode so uh, a lot to get into but like you said exciting times in New Jersey and I know that uh you've been pumped up for Shaw for, for this whole run
0: well everybody knows Shaw's my man uh we've gotten super close over the years since I've been here and then once he became the coach at St Peter's we help each other. Um, and, and that's really been a cool thing for me, um, not just Shaw, but Reg and, and a lot of head coaches because there's not a lot of people to call during the season, okay? You're not going to call people outside your program. You're not going to call just random folks to talk to them about what you're dealing with. And when you're a head coach, there's there's only 300-and-something people in the country that get to do it at our level. So and during the season when you're struggling – um, or when you're doing great. You know, there's no one to talk to to bounce things off that are, that are dealing with the same things because the guys that you normally talk to are fighting for their seasons. So you don't want to call late at night because we struggled one night. He's winning and then put my problems on him. So you, you really don't have a, a big bucket of people you can call when you're dealing with stuff. So we've, in the Mac we've started talking to each other um, Shaw, Reg and myself, uh, the last couple years got very close through the Black Lives Matter movement um, and, and just talk about things that that all of us were dealing with, COVID, all those things and just started up a friendship. And, you know, and we lean on each other a lot. Uh, we try to help each other win games when we're not playing against each other. And uh, just just a a, a cool I don't say brotherhood because that's that Duke stuff, and I don't mess with them like that. But it's just cool as grown men to have people you can lean on and count on when you're in tough situations.
1: Did you have a chance to talk to him at all these last couple of weeks? And if you did, what what were those conversations kind of like?
0: Well, we text. We text a bunch. And, you know, when they started winning, when they won the first game, I had talked to him right before, and I just said, hey, Sha, check it out, man. People are calling us for scouting reports. And I'm not gonna don't don't worry for one second about us giving a scouting report on your team. Now, it's known in college basketball that's yet yeah, that you don't do that, but everybody does it. All right? If you're tight with someone, you do it. Right. All right. So I told him. You know, people called, not doing it, and then uh, you know they won that game, and you're just so happy for them. So we we said that publicly, and I said it to him on his phone, and then they won another one, and it's like, uh oh okay. <laughs> all right, Shah. I see you. I see you. But, and you text them, but now just knowing how this business works, I knew he, he shut his phone off. Cause you can't, you, you know, you win a big game. You have 200 messages and you feel like you have to hit every single one of them. Cause it's people that know you and you can't get to all of them. So he shut his phone off, but I'd keep hitting them after each step. I'd see articles, I'd hit them something just to encourage them and tell them how happy I was for them. And, uh, and then they get to the third one. And it's like, man, can they do this to Purdue? And they did it. And Matt Painter is a good friend of ours for years. I got to do the USA basketball because of Matt Painter a couple years ago. Jamal Meeks and Matt Painter are like brothers. Purdue guy, Indiana guy, tight, tight, tight though. Painter didn't call us and ask for one thing because he knew we were friends with these people and he knew you shouldn't put us in that spot, okay? So now let's fast forward to their last game because I've been getting all this stuff off of people calling me going, man, great job helping North Carolina. Great job, great job. And I know I I sat there and I saw what Hubert said. Hubert said, King and JR are some of my best friends, so I'm sure I'm going to talk to them. But, guys, I'm going to tell you like this. People are giving us credit for something that we did not do, okay? We did not help North Carolina for the scouting report, all right? We don't get any credit for that. Shy is my friend. Carolina is my school, okay, the school that I went to, you know? So you're sitting in a hard spot. It was tough for me because I'm pulling for Shy, and I'm not supposed to pull for Shy when it's North Carolina, but I wanted my brother to do well. But I also wanted North Carolina to do well. Even though I've, I've been upset about some things, I wanted Carolina. I love the place. Um, and sometimes when you're in a family, sometimes things don't go how you like it. And you don't just quit on your family. Okay? You, you, you deal with it. Like I, I didn't handle it at first like a grown man because I had to get some things off my chest. But I love those guys down there. Um, and I'm happy for them. But I was never going to give them a scouting report on St. Peter's because, one, you're not supposed to do that when you're in the league with someone, and, two, i I'm, you know, I'm super close with Sha. You know, we've talked about a lot of things over these last couple of years just as brothers, and I was not going to do that to him. I, I don't care. And everybody's saying that like we did. And Hubert even saying we were going to, you know, he, he would talk to us. He never called us. Hubert wasn't going to put me in that spot. He, he would not do that to me. And, you know, uh, he probably was putting out an olive branch cause we haven't spoken. Okay. We haven't talked since last year. So, you know, he is my brother and, and I'm the older brother. So I, I got to act like I'm the older brother and I love Hubert. I love his family, Leslie, all his kids. I almost recruited his son to come here. Okay. So he's my brother and He is the right man to lead North Carolina. That's why he gets to sit in that seat. And how he does it, it is definitely Hubert Davis now. okay, We all know Coach Smith and Coach Guthridge and then Matt and then Coach Williams. Well, this is why Hubert got picked to be the head coach at North Carolina. You didn't see him lose his cool when they lost all them games and everybody jumped ship. He just kept talking about how he loved these kids. He kept talking about how they were awesome kids, and and we were just in a tough time, and he was going to love them through it. And he wasn't going to start screaming and change who he is as a man. And he did not do that. And he walked his walk of faith with those young men, and he came out as a guy first-year coach in the Final Four. But North Carolina did that, everybody, and like I said, I was torn because shy is my man. But I would have never sent a scouting report against one of my one of my favorite guys in this coaching business.
1: I think so. People might be curious as to to take us inside your uh, your Sunday afternoon when, when that game was going on. Where did you watch it at? Who were you with? And uh, what was that kind of like for you to watch to watch that game? Because like you said, a lot of people are interested. It's one of your best friends against your school. I, pretty, you know lot of hype around
0: that well it, it, it was crazy because my my college roommate came um came up for the game his name's jerry hopkins he's a pharmacist in charlotte and he travels when the heels. he's a season ticket holder all of that since we've been out of school hop hop saw a lot of funny things when we was young guys right? being my roommate and me not having a car and any summer actually told julian you know, Julian, when Hop walked into our house, Summer said, He's kind of responsible for me and your dad. <laughs> and Julian looked at him like, What do you mean, Mom? And well, Hop let me use his car the night I went and picked Summer up. <laughs> he had a he had a gray Camaro. It was like a hot ride. Y'all remember it was late, late eighties, early nineties. It was like <laughs> And I I was like, Hop, you let me use your car, man. Come on, man. He's like, No, no. And I finally talked him into it and I went and picked up Summer Sieg at the time and now she's Summer Rice and we got these two young men that are our kids and you know, and Hop played a role in that. But Hop came up for the game. He's a former manager and because there were so many requests, his request got denied. So I got to experience watching the Carolina game with my former teammate, I mean my former roommate who was a manager who's helped me so many times he's a great dad great husband but guys who grew up Carolina fans watch it differently okay he woke up in the morning he was he was reading stats he was looking at stuff he talked with every interview everything someone said was talking to me about St. Peter's like come on King man can they do this you know and then it, it just was it was really funny and for that game I was fortunate because I do know some people down there that I I was able to get in touch with one of the assistant coaches and just said I'm I'm hurt again that Hop didn't get to come to the game. He bought a plane ticket, flew up here. He sat in my kitchen, giving me stats about the game, and about people from Carolina, and we can't we couldn't find him a ticket, and. That's how it goes. It's just a lot of people want to go, so Hop didn't get to go on Friday. So on Sunday, they gave him a ticket he could have gotten to, thanks to Hubert, because um, when it gets to that level, the head coach has to okay it. And Hop was by himself, so he went to the game, and I watched it with JR. And uh, watching it with us is interesting also, because we're former guys, and we're, we're hard on the kids. But we were just – you get to this point, and you just pull for the kids, you remember when you were a kid, you remember how how important it was to so many people, and you remember that they're just kids, and you just start pulling for them, and you're just happy when they have success, you know. So, But the game, how it started, um, I was like, uh-oh. And then I watched, and that's what I'm saying about Hubert Davis coaching that team. At Carolina, guys, we don't change a lot. We don't change. We come after you. We do what we do. We never even do scouting reports. Like coach would just give you the names of the people. We do our defensive stuff during the week. We wouldn't do plays. We would do the breakdown of what people did. You wouldn't even know it was a play. And then you'd be in the game and something would happen. You'd be in the right position and you'd make the right play on defense. Coach Smith didn't give you scouting reports. Okay. If we did Carolina basketball, we were going to win if somebody had a good game plan and they started taking advantage of something, we tried harder to shut that down. We didn't go away from what we do. Well, watching that game was so cool for me because I know the guys on the staff, they don't change either. Okay. Hubert didn't change either before this year, but there were some things that they did that weren't like what they do all the time. Just how they were guarding ball screens, how they went fast, super fast, early, Okay, which Carolina does, but against St. Peter's, St. Peter's kills you on the boards. They send four. Okay, so somebody on their team is getting it most of the time. So Carolina boxed them out, got the rebound, and attacked them. So now they got one guy back. We got three coming out, or Carolina had three coming at them. That got their lead. Then, you know, all of a sudden, Doug Edert's in the game in the first three minutes. That hadn't happened this whole tournament. So now you, you already made them have to change a little bit. and let's not forget, Carolina's the super high major in St. Peter's. It was great, but they're a Mac club that was playing great ball. But when like normal, you guys seen what happens to us, we play great against Carolina for 30 minutes and then it ends <laughs> up 25 because that happens a lot of times. and you know what St. Peters did, but once Carolina got that lead, then they really settled into their game plan. They went fast when you didn't have a great one. Then they just took their time and used their size and their strength and they just were getting such great shots. It was hard for St. Peter's to overcome that. And you don't take anything away from them because it, it just went that way on that day. You know, Carolina misses some of those early and St. Peter sets that press up and get your timing off, that game goes a whole different way. So I, I think the first five minutes really, really gave Carolina some confidence and and probably made St. Peter's think like, man, now we got an uphill battle that they hadn't felt, not just in the tournament, they hadn't felt an uphill battle in probably ten games because they've been playing so well. So – it, it was it was a great great run for for St. Peter's and um, you know they ran into a Carolina team that if they played in December they probably beat and that's just a credit to Hubert and that staff down there that they got these kids playing at such a high level right now.
1: As somebody who is a college basketball fan, Carolina Duke in the Final Four is unbelievable. As somebody who's been through it, how? Could you even put into words how monumentally big this game is going to be down there?
0: Not really. (laughs) No, it it just, guys, first off, that it's never happened in a tournament. Also, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. You know, those two teams been in almost every year all the time. They're right down the street from each other, and they never played. And then it brings back a little bit of a a sore spot in in my playing career because we, we had them in the Final Four my senior year, but we lost to Kansas. You know, we lost in the semifinals, and then they play Vegas after and beat them. Um, We had just beaten Duke in the ACC championship game two weeks before by 22 points. The week before that, they beat us on senior day in Chapel Hill. (laughs) Okay, so this was going to be the game forever, and we lost in the semifinals. You know, and then they upset the Vegas team that hadn't lost in, like, 25 games or something and then Duke won their first one so that it's never happened and now it's in the final four is another crazy storyline and then that is coach K's last run you know like come on and and I know the Duke people have to be like because you can't lose that last game in Cameron and let that be the last one against Carolina because then for the rest of time Carolina people are never letting that go we, on K's last day, we beat you bad. Carolina was going to run. Hop said that at my house 25 times. Do, do you realize that if Duke doesn't make it to the Final Four, that the last Carolina-Duke thing of this year is going to be what Duke is remembered by, K's last game? And I'm like, Hop, are you kidding me right now? You're thinking about that? And that's just, that's Carolina, though. you know. And I'm sure the Duke people are like, there's no way this could be we're going to win a national championship because Carolina beat us on the last night. And I'm telling you their fans, their brotherhood, all the people that are in that Duke stuff, believe that. Okay. So now they're going to play in the final four. Coach K's last one. <laughs> <laughs> Hubert's a first time coach. Kansas is there too. Coach Williams retired last year. This is, he has been at all the games cause he's, he's going through it with these kids that he brought. Duke, Carolina, and then Kansas being there, too. So this is either going to be for Duke, (laughs) some special stuff for Carolina, because if Hubert beats Duke, he finished Coach K's deal at Duke and in the Final Four. And then if he gets Kansas, well, then he writes the ship that he lost in 91. And Hubert played great the night in 91 when we lost to Kansas. The three seniors, me, Rick, and Pete, had off nights. I was like three for 11, and I hadn't taken 11 shots in four years. But I was not going to the final four and not shooting, guys, all right, just so you know. So you don't know. There might be a kid on these teams that just goes crazy and starts doing stuff that he's never done. That's what I did. First TV timeout, Coach Smith was like, King, that's your fourth shot. That's enough. And I was like, you're right, Coach, you're right. But I was not going to live the rest of my life. Where people said I got to the final four and didn't take any shots, okay, <laughs> I was not doing that one. So early in the game, that might be why we lost because I got to start it off poorly because I was taking shots that I had never taken, and uh, and then they we we played well early and then we we just didn't play well the rest of the game. But there's so many things in this this one, you know, this final four that. I won't go to I don't know. I might be front row. I don't know. I get a little weird once it's Carolina in the Final Four. And then on top of that, guys, because I said there was nothing to talk about with it, uh, it's in New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. Rewind, 1982. Georgetown, North Carolina. What happened? Oh, Fred Brown throws the ball to James Worthy. Oh, my goodness. Game over after Michael hits the shot. Georgetown has the ball. The kid throws it to Carolina. They run down the court. The game's over. Everybody thought Georgetown was going to win that game. Fast forward. 93. We went in 91 and we lost. Those are all my little brothers, 93. I stood up the whole Final Four. I had Carolina fans mad at me. Sit down, King. I'm like, y'all need to stand up. That's the problem around here. Y'all don't cheer hard enough. All right, and I stood up the whole game. And cheered. And they won the first one, and then they – Michigan. Does anybody remember that game? Okay. Now, the timeout happened. We used to have Coach Phelps on our staff here. That timeout actually happened because I I know Jalen and Chris and them have a lot of stuff to talk about with that timeout. But what they don't talk about is if he didn't call the timeout, just look at the picture. George Lynch, number one in steals and Carolina history at the time – Derek Phelps trapping him, number two in steals at Carolina at the time. He was trapped by two of the best defenders to ever play at our school. If he didn't call the timeout, it was probably going to throw it to us, and then we would have dunked that at the end, and then they would have been mad for that reason. Okay, so, but, it, you know, we feel good down in New Orleans when you're a Carolina guy. You know, that's two times that Carolina won. In 82, it's Coach Smith's first one. You know what I mean? And then 93, it's B. Reese and all those guys that, you know, they might have had the best team that year and the next year, but you don't always win it, you know, but they got that one in 93. So it uh, it's going to be fun down there. I, I'm older now, so I'll deal with New Orleans a little bit better. The 93 one, it was a different time. It, it, was, a, it was before I stopped uh, – drinking alcohol and it was my first time in new Orleans and Carolina was in the final four. So I think my fun, a meter like busted that weekend. (laughs) Like it just, like it just busted. It was like, Oh my goodness, this is how grownups do it. (laughs) It was my first year in coaching and and just a great experience. overall, so I'm, I'm looking forward to going, but it will probably be a little more calm for me when the games aren't going on.
1: Um, no, I'm looking forward to that too. It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty cool just for a college basketball fan, and obviously, the uh, the insight I have onto what you just told everybody is is pretty awesome. Um, getting into our guys a little bit, a little little mammoth, little mammoth hoops. Uh, Mac tournament made a run, got to the finals. Um, fun week, I think to look back on it. We always talk on the show about going behind the scenes. Uh, I thought it was a fun week in Atlantic City. I thought we played some pretty good basketball, but I thought our fan support was good. I thought it was, it was fun to have people down there in the AC cheering us on. I thought the the Mac tournament in Atlantic city for the first time had a fill building, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and overall I thought, I thought our guys really battled and really competed. And, and like you said, unfortunately you don't win them all, but, but I, th- I thought that was, uh, was a pretty fun week, and I thought we gave it everything that that we had in us.
0: No, the whole thing, um, the the whole tournament this year, being down there for the first time, where we really get to do it with people. You know, I remember when when we got canceled a couple years ago. I, I was talking to uh, Clues on the phone, and he was just saying like, "Hey, man, how you feeling?" This and that. Then all this stuff started happening, and then we get canceled. And then last year we were there just for a minute without any fans and, and got really canceled um, by Fairfield. But just, just the, the whole week, like you said, Badge, and for me the, the cool part was because it was in Atlantic City, we got to stay here an extra day to go to school. Okay? We miss, we miss school during the, the conference season. You miss some. And there's some guys that are great at school that can take those days. You know, there's some guys that we, we really can't have them missing days, and then you miss some because of the season, and now you're going to the tournament. We weren't playing till Thursday. Everybody's getting there Tuesday, and I felt bad that our team didn't, wasn't there for our girls' game, the first game, because they, I think they played Tuesday, you know, and we still had school those days. So I, I Eric, Rick went down, Coach Callahan went down, because we always support all the athletes here and all the teams here. So Coach Cal went down, we practiced here, kept them in school to try to give these guys the best chance to, to do well to finish up the semester. If it was in Albany, we would have had to gone earlier. Um, so we got to stay here as late as possible to do school. That's just better for us. Then, you know, some teams are already done by the time we're playing. So some people already left, and the people that are there – their, their fan bases are excited because they they probably already won a game you know people have and then we're the four or five four or five game and that game is probably usually the best game because everybody's so even and they had just beaten us. so I thought it when, when I walked out and saw all the mammoth fans, I was like, man, I wish we'd have done this earlier. I wish the Mac would have, you know, because I've always been neutral. I, we had never had it down there, and up in Albany is where it's always been, so you felt like that might be the best place. We did the one in Massachusetts, and we were sent home so fast we didn't get to experience it earlier. And then I know it's moved around, but while we've been in, it was Albany. And the one in Massachusetts, and now this one, I just thought the, the when I walked out and saw all those fans – And guys, even before I got down there, I just knew we were winning this tournament. Okay. Just how our team was made up, how things were going, how the guys were starting to click together again. And I I just was like, we're, we're getting this done. And I knew there would be some tough games, but I I just truly believed that this was the year we were going to get over the hump with that. And I thought we'd beat Iona and then go on to the other side, whoever it was. And you know, you get down there, and our fans are just great. So you play, and it's like, man, that felt pretty good. You know, and then you have the, yeah, I think, then Ryder upset them, and now we got Ryder. Well, they just whooped us. <laughs> okay, that wasn't fun over there. They they really outplayed us that day. So now it's like, man, Kev got these guys balling.
1: Got them really going at the end of the year, for sure. And
0: they just beat the best team. And, guys, Iona was the best team this year. And in some, t- some years, it's you're not sure – When the team wins by three games, they're the best team. So it's like when we won by four games, we were the best team. The best team doesn't always win, okay? So then we get Ryder and great game, and we end up winning that game. Now it's like, okay, guys, championship time again. We're getting this one. And great college game. St. Peter's plays how they play. Um It knocks you off. It messes your timing up a little bit. But we had been through it with them. And then down the stretch, I thought we had some opportunities, and I'm not a guy to complain about officials, but I got called by the official commissioner of all our officials for the MAC while I was driving home, and he told me Shavar got pushed out of bounds and Walker's finished, he got fouled. And I said, Mike, you didn't have to call me and tell me, but I really appreciate it, so now I can sleep. See, because everybody watches you. You're out there. I saw what happened. You react. They show you, and you're mad, and your face is going, and, well, then the fans get mad after. <laughs> okay, well, I'm watching it now. I saw what happened. I don't need replay. I don't need all that. And they didn't call him, and that's not why we lost. It just it was a good game that came down the stretch. It's 52-50. VAR gets pushed out of bounds. Makes the free throws. Maybe they go nervous. Maybe they go nervous. Pushed out of bounds. No call. Hit a three. Now it's five with a minute. Well, guys, right there, that that ain't that's not a good spot to be in. You know what I mean? And for me, it just was good that the head of officials called and said it. And the, the officials during the game, they're really good officials. That's why I tried not to be too upset with them because it's like the guy's a good official. You just missed that one. And the other guys missed it too. It's that happens. You don't get to, oh, we should have won because that's not how it works. You gotta just eat that one, and hope if you see him again, he calls the right call. Um, and then you you hug your kids and you you go through some stuff as the head coach. Why it didn't work out? You know what what could you have done? And I'm I'm probably the the guy who reflects and and goes after himself more than anybody more than anybody, okay? Cuz I'm not going to sit here and not win and then not really reflect on what my part in it is. Okay? So, and that's how I've always done, okay? And when you lose, you you feel like you let everybody down. It's just what happens. Nobody understands that, not the assistants, not the AD, not anybody else that's following. Nobody understands. You're the one that's name's on it. Okay, everybody can love Mammoth and all that, but it's under my name right now. So I'm the one that let everybody down, not, not the kids, not anybody else. So as a real dude, you got to stand there and, and deal with that. And then you got to reflect. And I got a wife. I got kids. I got a son that's 10 that I put with me all the time for that so he can understand some of this stuff, why his dad is gone all the time, why his dad don't get to come and cheer for him because his dad got practice or his dad got to be out of town. Why can't I coach his little league team? Because you don't get to do that when you sit in this seat. And there's so many things that go on, and then you lost. Okay, and, and I don't like losing. I don't like it at all. I'm not cool with it. Uh, I'm not okay with that. So then what I try to do is go relax, get away from it for a minute, because how you feel right at the end is we, we didn't get it done, okay? But then now we've had some time, and I can look at the year, okay? We brought in two super seniors that had two of the best years that we've had in a long time that were two of the best kids that we've had here before me and after since I've been here two of the best all time. Absolutely. George what he did on the court, Marcus, don't broke records. You know, so many great things have happened for this group. Okay? 21 wins. All the things that we did when you lose at the end, see everybody else can say, hey, you had a good season. Well, when when we lose, I don't feel like it was a good season. Okay? Everybody can look back. I can sit here now and go 21 wins, Kings. That's everybody don't get to do that. I you don't know. Our school got 7. That's one of seven, okay? So one season that we just had was top numbers-wise, one in the top seven. Yep. Yep. Okay, well, then I should feel really good about it. But that's not how this seat works, okay? It just doesn't work that way. And then uh, we'll get there, and I want the kids to feel, because we did do a lot. But as the coach, we didn't get done what the goal was. So it's still right back to the drawing board. You know, everybody taking a break, you're going somewhere. This is when it's funny. No, I'm not. I haven't gone nowhere. You know why, everybody? Because I haven't won yet. When I win the chip, I'll go on vacation. So now, everybody that says all kinds of stuff, uh, have you gone on vacation in the last 11 years? Scones? (laughs) Badge? Okay, everybody has. I haven't. Okay, but everybody looking at me like I'm the weird one. All right, I'm fighting for this. All right, I go above and beyond all the time to do my job. Okay, not just coach the basketball team. I'm at the football games. I'm at the soccer games. I'm at the women's soccer games. I'm at everybody's games with my team. Oh, okay, so that's what we do here at Monmouth Basketball. And I'm going to continue to do it that way. I'm walking out to come over here today. Softball's leaving. Me mean, the girls had a great talk about remembering to put your jersey on because they ran back in to get their jerseys. They had their whole uniform on, forgot their jerseys. <laughs> and I heard them, so I said, that y'all sound like my team. <laughs> my guys, we got to remind them, sometimes they forget their sneakers.
1: I've seen that happen. Okay, they
0: forget their sneakers, you know. So it's that's who I am on this campus. I, I support everybody. I'm a mammoth fan, okay. I'm a fan first for all these kids. Half the time when I'm at games of other sports and people got a lot of stuff to say, I say, let's just cheer on our kids. (laughs) That's how I cover that. Let's cheer on the kids. Let's be pulling for Monmouth. I don't even yell at the other team's kids. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I cheer for Monmouth. That's how I try to do And. I think the kids appreciate it on our campus. I think you could ask anybody's team, which head coach supports y'all team that's not one of your coaches, ask all the athletes who comes, okay? Now, baseball and softball right now, I can't do a lot right there. And Scombs reminded me I'm from Binghamton, so I shouldn't be so afraid of the cold. <laughs> but I don't mess around outside too much, all right? Julian went out back last night to pitch Cause he's gonna pitch this year on his little league stuff. It was too cold. I tell him we'll go up to the gym later and play catch, but we're not pitching outside when it's twenty. Okay, son, we're not doing that. But we, we, we. I'm, I'm fortunate. I love being the mammoth coach, even when I feel that I let people down because we didn't win the championship. I, um, I love being the coach here. Okay, uh, I, I think we have the best fans out of everybody. Okay, I've always said that. Um, always. I've always said our fans are the best. I'd stand with our fans and I do all, I still do all the time. I've never ever ever said a negative thing about MAMMOTH fans. I've never 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 never. Go back 11 years, watch every interview. I've always praised the MAMMOTH fans. 100% Okay, and and usually even the other schools fans, I don't really have a problem with. I think it's funny half the time. Okay, you're coming to a game to scream at a grown man, and if you're not a kid that goes to the school that we're playing against, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself if that's how you come to a college athletics thing, you know. But we see all the time. This morning, I, I saw the. Local newspaper wrote a story about fans and parents being crazy in the stands. Okay, and what? And and the thing is, is if we go, cause cause I I got hit on what I said after the game, like I wasn't appreciating Mammoth fans. Once again, Mammoth fans, go listen to every interview for eleven years, and you find a spot where I said something bad about Mammoth fans. Won't be able to find it because I understand how this works. I understand how the support brought me here, okay? I understand how college athletics goes. We have the best fans. Do I love all fans? No, okay? Am I supposed to love a fan when a fan, when I come to the game and they tell me by my wife's name that they had relationships with her? Am I supposed to like that fan? Am I supposed to like the fans that make my sister cry in the stands? Am I supposed to like them? I'm supposed to care what they do, okay? I'm supposed to be okay with that and not comment on it when I look and see my sister who's 50 years old crying because what people are saying about her brother, okay? I'm supposed to be okay with that, all right? And that's the other part. Guys, it's my job that I'm working at. When can I go into your job and scream at you about how you do your job? And I don't even want it to be like uh, it's a complaining thing, guys. I love what I do. I understand it's a public life. People are gonna like some of the things. People aren't gonna like some of the things. But to to all of a sudden say King doesn't respect the Mammoth fans because he said something about some dumb fans—that that's that's ridiculous. You're reaching. You're reaching. Okay, and I, I'm not cool when people just try to reach and make a story about something because we lost a game. I'm hurt that we lost that game. I'm still hurt. Everybody else moved on. I'm still dealing with it, and I'm going to be dealing with it till we get to play again. Everybody else is going to watch all the other sports and the other teams you cheer for, and I'm going to be working on this. Okay, so it just and, – and I understand when you don't win the chip – People are upset too, okay? But I truly believe I was brought here to do more than just win the chip, okay? And we've won some regular season ones, and now that don't matter, okay? We've cleaned up a lot of stuff. We've helped lift up some things. Our school is more open to more people than it's ever been, and we played a role in that, okay? It's been a lot of hard work that everybody's done. Everybody helps men's basketball in this building, and I know that. That's why I try to give it back to everyone. On this campus, I try to go above and beyond so the kids know they got people who care about them, okay? But when, when fans cross the line and, and you, you can't ever say anything, I don't, I don't think that's right, okay? And if we would really listen to what I said, Okay. First one was everybody thought I was going after Coach P. They asked me if I wasn't bringing my kids. I said I always bring my kids because I always do what the Mac has, what the Mac says we have to do. Not like some other because all types of coaches don't bring their kids. I I don't, I don't got time to be worrying about Iona and them. Like, come on, man, I'm a grown man, I got a family, I got a program to run. I don't worry about what they doing. I compete against them, I try to beat them, and then I move on and go on with what I got to do. All right, I'm not specifically talking about people. But the night before we played in the championship, yes, or the, no, the first night we got down there, I own a fan, tried to start a fight with Meeks and Ricky, started a big deal, sent stuff to our president, sent stuff to our AD, and caused a problem on cha- on my first game down there. Am I supposed to be okay with that fan? See, and that's the thing. Everybody wants to judge when you don't know everything. You don't know all the stuff. So for me, if you took it away that you thought I was talking about you, a mammoth fan that I didn't respect or whatever, then I'm sorry that that could have even been thought of that way. But if you go back and look, Eleven years now. This ain't just one year. This ain't some one interview. Eleven years of history. Look at what I've said about Mammoth and their fans. Okay, let's just look of our fans. Look what I've said, and then you tell me I don't love Mammoth fans, and then 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 we can have a conversation. But when you go back and look what I actually said, all these years, you'll know I wasn't talking about Mammoth fans. But I'm also a real dude, man, and, I, and it's it's gotten real heavy that everybody thinks you can come to the games and say whatever, and then you don't have to be escorted out. If I walked in anybody's job, if I walked in the bank and said to the bank teller and just started screaming, you're the worst bank teller, you're the worst bank teller, You and just start using all kinds of language, how long before the police come get me? How long, so it's okay to do that at my job, but it ain't okay for me or anybody to do it at other people's jobs. It's just funny, you know I mean I signed up for this my son ten year old didn't that that's that he didn't sign up for this all right so he's getting beat up by grown ups that think that's I paid twenty two dollars for a ticket I could say whatever well guys I, I think this is all. Been talked about too much already, but I haven't done the podcast, so I wanted to address Mammoth fans, and I'm not a complainer, okay? So I don't even tell people about all that other stuff. But when people keep hitting us, well, then people need to know, yeah, sometimes people cross the line, and you got to be careful when you cross the line because everybody's dealing with stuff, all right? Everybody's dealing with stuff. I think all the whole world right now is talking about a man – that we all thought was the most calm, collected dude in the world, all right? We have our kids watch him. He's so great, and he lost his cool and went and smacked another man in front of the whole world, okay? And I, I'm just telling you, man, people are all uptight right now. People beeping at you in the cars. There's tragedies happening all over the place. I think everybody just calmed down a little bit. Everybody just calmed down and... Don't beep your horn. Don't yell at that next guy. Don't start something with someone because you don't know what could happen and then bad things happen. So I apologize to the Monmouth fans if you took it in the way that you thought I was saying bad things about you. I would never do that. I love being the coach here. Love being the coach here. I love the support we get in that tournament you really showed. And then on top of that, we just had giving day. And so many of you went above and beyond again. You always take care of us over here at Monmouth. And that's the people outside that you just love what's happening at this school. Maybe you went here. Maybe you live in the area. Maybe one of your kids went here and you just love it and you help. And all of it is needed and we're so thankful. And if you can't give financially, that's okay too. Come and cheer for us. That's what I say all the time. It don't have to be a money thing. Just come. And if you like what you see, keep coming. We need more fans. We need more mammoth fans. I've been saying that since I've been here. I've been going out talking to people, trying to get more people to come because this university is so great. Now we're going to a new league and more people are going to see just how great this campus is and all the great things that I've been trumpeting that's been happening on this campus. And, I'm excited that Jeff is our AD leading us, and I'm excited that our president is who it is because he is leading us in a whole nother way, and then that's a credit to the Board of Trust, okay, because that's who's behind the scenes leading us, okay? And all of them have always been good to me and my family, and I've been the luckiest dude for these 11 years. It's the the place I've lived, the second longest out of all the places I've lived, is West Long Branch, New Jersey. My kid was born here, and I love being the coach. <clears throat> and we won 21 games, so I get to be the coach a lot longer.
1: Yep. Well, Coach, that was well, well said, and uh, I just want to echo your sentiments on, on Giving Day, and our fans was was uh, was great on Giving Day, and they were great down at Atlantic City. Created a really good atmosphere for us. Uh, home court-esque for, the, for those couple games. Even two games we played against... New Jersey schools, and you know, I don't want to take shots at other schools, but we we had an unbelievable fan base for those three games, um, including a game that we played against Niagara somewhere around midnight. So no, you- and
0: that and that you know, and and I, I talked to the president about this. You know, you look across the court, you got the president, you got his wife, you got his kids, you got Dr. McNeil, you got Jeff, you got board of trust members, and they're front rowing this. Okay, that tells you the pride that they have. Okay, I didn't see other schools' presidents out there cheering on their kids. That's the connection we have at Monmouth. Everybody on the outside wishes they had what we had. Okay, and now we're going to be going on and to a new league. The, the Mac will miss. The coach is already saying it. Okay, we were a major part of this league. Let's stop acting like people didn't come in. Just look at what Baker Dunleavy said when he got there. Just look at what guys said about Monmouth. We want to do what Monmouth is doing. Because everyone knows how hard this league is, okay? Everybody knows how hard the Mac is. We came in this league nine years ago, and we represented our school very, very well. Absolutely. Okay? We we got to the chip a bunch of times. We just didn't get over the hump. Blame me, not not the kids. Blame me for that. And we're going to keep fighting, and maybe we'll get over the top when we get down to the CAA.
1: I think this would be a good chance to maybe look a little towards the future um, as we wrap up this season, but – what have the last couple of weeks been like? I know guys are finishing up school here for the semester, but I know you've been meeting with some guys. Um, the staff's been meeting. What is the plan here? What, what what goes on? I think let everybody in. What goes on when your season does end like that? You obviously have a couple of weeks where, where you're not practicing. When do you get back to practice? When do you guys bring guys back in the summer? I know we have Jack Collins, Andrew Ball already signed, ready to come in next year. Um, Just take us through these next couple weeks, next couple months, and and what the program is going to be doing. Uh, I know they'll be lifting and and getting stronger and getting their bodies right. Um, But maybe take our fan base through what goes on when the end of the season, until the summer, and and on.
0: Well, as I told you, when you lose, all kinds of stuff just beats you up. You go a little crazy, you're mad, all these things. And, you know, a lot of coaches get started right away. All right, yeah, we got to get going, get going for next year. And that was me when I first got here. Yeah, Like, yeah, we got work to do, you got work to do. Well, I, I've grown, and, and first you got to give these kids some time to decompress. Okay, just to decompress because you're on for so long. So they, they need some time for that. Um, and just to get reacquainted with school. Okay, it's different when the season's on and when the season's off. So now you're really here just for school. Okay, let's let's get back to that. Okay, there's no getting out for basketball. There's no more excuses. Oh, teacher, I got it. all this stuff on my mind. No, stop it. Now you really get back into school so you can finish strongly. Um, I've given them off until after the Final Four um, because I like to see – I like them to have enough time to recover. So you let them decompress. Now now they probably would be ready to start going after a week to 10 days. But I like to give them a little more for the nagging injuries. And just uh, we've been together a lot every day for five, six months. That's, that's a lot of time. And sometimes they just don't need to hear our voices. So we give them a couple weeks, let them get their bodies back together, but I watch them during them couple of weeks because they're anxious now. Okay. If I would have started two weeks in the third week, everybody's complaining, man, we ain't get enough time off. You give them a couple of weeks. All of a sudden they're like, coach, when can we work out? When can we work? I'm like, guys, man, we're going to the final four, man, chill out. And now they're hungry again because we didn't make them. Okay. Now they've been in the gym for Probably seven, eight days already. As soon as we got back, dude's been in the gym. As soon as we got back from spring break, guy's been working. So that says a lot to me. That makes me feel good because now I got a group that's ready to go. I don't have to jump in there and pull guys and all that stuff. But we'll still give them. I get back. We all get back Monday or Tuesday from the Final Four, and we'll start that next day. Uh, we're going to practice probably twice a week um, where you, can have, you have a certain amount of hours you can work with them. Um, and we're 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 looking at doing some a few things differently on offense, so and maybe on defense a little bit. So we're gonna start just showing them some concepts of how we're gonna do some things. And in the summer, it's spring and summer. It's really getting your body ready. Um, this year, we're gonna do more team stuff than individual. Um, because I want them calling us for the individual stuff. So we'll, we'll have a certain amount, a couple practices, and then we'll leave it open for them for the other hours that they have to see if they call us, to how, how anxious they are to work. So that's what we'll do to lift three, four times a week um, and really try to get them tight with school again um, because guys don't – during the season it's hard for them. I don't make any excuses, but it is harder when the season's on. Um, so we're gonna, we're just gonna. Some of these guys need some, some extra help and some extra time with school. So we're gonna give them that time instead of having them work out, because that's the most important part. And we've done very well in school here, and we want to keep it that way. So they've been off a little bit. We're starting to ramp it back up now. The Final Four is here. Um, the kids are hungry. This summer, we're we're all going home in May when school ends. We're going home. Over the years in the past, I've kept them here the whole summer. Um, these last three years with COVID and all the social stuff, I think it's when they get done with school, they should go home and be with your families, just just to get that family unit tighter um, and and let your parents hug on you. And you hug on your parents because they all act like they're so grown up now. They don't hug your parents anymore and act like your parents are cool. So I let them. I have them do that. And then they start calling me middle of June like, Coach, man, my parents, man. Can I come back early? Oh, man, my dad's making me get up at 7 to work out. And he's making me do all this stuff. And I got to clean the house. and And they don't like that anymore. <laughs> so they want to come back. And we all say, no, we'll be back in July. And then once we get back in July, we're full go, you know, and it will be, they're going to get told certain things they got to do when they're home. And then we'll check their bodies to see who did it and who didn't do it. And then we know how, how aggressive I have to be when they get back. (laughs) Okay. You you test them before they leave. You test them when they get back. If they did their workouts, then I can have a good summer. If they didn't, then you got to really get going and, and and start setting the tone and and get these guys to understand. Next year is going to be really different for a whole bunch of them. And and my sell to them is now we're the young guns. We was the old heads last year. Now we come with with the young guns group. All right, and these kids are going to be exciting to watch, fun to watch. Um, we might slow down a little bit, maybe, because um, I just got to see see how they how they do it. But um, I'm super excited about who we have, even though I didn't show play them probably enough this year. But these kids got better in practice. They're really a tight-knit group. And like I said, we're going to call ourselves the Young Guns because you know how we do, and we're still going to get after you. But we're going to make sure we get the right shot.
1: Uh, I think, I guess, just one last thing I wanted to maybe touch on before we wrap it up here is – our our super seniors guys that, that are done with their eligibility, uh, any update as to where they're at, what they're trying to do with their futures, George, Shavar Walker and Mark.
0: Um, they all want to play. Okay. Um, different levels of interest. Um, I think George, George being, a uh, having a Greek passport has some, some opportunities built in right there. Um, I think he has to decide, does he want to go to a, Terrible team in Greece where he could be one of the main guys, but they're going to get beat up all the time. Or I think George could get on a good team um, in Greece and probably not play very much, but learn how to be a pro and become a guy that gets to play on that team. Um, I'm not sure which one he wants. Uh, In our early talks, he thinks – Being on a terrible team, losing and getting the score, he won't like that. Just him as a guy. He wants to win. Um, But Coach Petino, okay, because everybody thinks you take shots at people. Coach P told me early in the year that he would help George Pappas in Greece. He's already talked to some people right when we were getting ready to play them, and he says it every time I see him. So Coach P is going to do what he can do, and who's better than him? Okay, to to help a guy get where he's trying to go in the pros. Um, Walker's had some really good conversations with two separate agents, um, guys that have worked with our guys in the past. One had Chris Brady, one had Dion, um, and he's going to have one more meeting that I know of, uh, and then he's going to decide. And with Walker, it's a little different because Walker has to believe in himself a little bit more. Okay, and and we really put tried to help him with that this year, you know, but the other day, walk was like, you know, okay, I could just go get a job. I I did do great in school and have this business stuff behind me. I could. And it's like, walk, don't do that. Give yourself three years. Okay. You're just getting good. You're just getting this shine that every kid has had because of high school or AAU. This was your first shine. And it was a pretty good one, man. (laughs) Like you went from a guy that didn't play for four years all right, and any sport you play, you don't play for four years, you practice with the team, your head's not going to be in it, and then you go to a new spot and come back 14 and 6? All right, just think if he was playing for three years, what that have been. Okay, so give yourself three years, walk, see the world a little bit, and maybe you'll get so good you won't want to come home. You know, Shavar, Shavar really wants to play. Um, he's he's probably the most organized Kid that I've had at this point in his life, <laughs> like Shavar don't play. Shavar hit me every day. Talk about coach. You talk to anybody yet? What we got? <laughs> and it's like, hey, young fella, this is a hard one. We ain't just gonna find it like that. We gonna keep you keep doing your part. I'll stay on the phone. And uh, but he'll find a job. What well, we're gonna try to lean on on his former coach up at Seton Hall a little bit for some options. Um, but he has a few agent meetings set up. That he wants to do, and then Marcus, Marcus is in law enforcement, and that's kind of what he, the step he wants to take. But he played so well, so I think that he has to check on that first before he, you know, decides that he's just all the way done. And it, that would be more which opportunities pop up for Mark. Um, I think Marcus could be a great pro somewhere if you appreciate the game. Yeah, they're, they're not just scoring the whole game. What he brings to the table, he would really help a team. But you just don't know if your numbers aren't big on scoring, if anybody will will want you to come play on a pro team. And then uh, other than that, I think that's the four and yep. bright bright futures, though you know. And all four of them will graduate. You know, they're gonna. I mean, the the, the two seniors are gonna graduate, Nikkei and and Chap. Um, the other guys, I think Walker and Shavar getting a certificate. Um, George is about halfway through his stuff. There's Shavar calling my phone right now. Look, I told y'all how this fool, he don't play guys. Everybody Shavar want to know who I talk to, what they saying. And, uh, but that's what makes him. He's going to be a a successful man because he's on his stuff and he always does what he's supposed to do, which was made it a great year for us
1: coach I appreciate uh, appreciate you breaking it down here as we as we wrap up the season and uh, it was a fun first season of the podcast I know you'll be down in uh, New Orleans this weekend shout let everybody know and we'll be putting this on social media but George playing the three out of three contest this weekend that'll be on ESPN so we'll'll we'll be uh, there we'll put out some links make sure you guys can watch that too but uh coach appreciate it and uh, this has been another episode of the King of Badger podcast thank you everybody that
0: daddy was and he died by the torch I'm with that We like the baby kids hey, Ain't ever daddy I listen to the suckers The same with that Ray Ray did I'm telling I just was a great